So uh, it's definitely worth visiting. Into it, and they have uh, and they have a little pastry place with what I think is, and I've always been a big advocate of the sprinkles red velvet cupcake. Oh yeah, it's better than the sprinkles red velvet. It's called the the Gator Cupcake, <clears throat> and it's fantastic. So, Are you ready to talk about music or what? No, I mean there's there's reasons to it. Time, and I suppose driving over to your house is one of those reasons. Yep. I mean, we'll get there. I just have to put on my headphones. Take off my hat. Oh, taking off the... Not put it on the bed. Not put it on the bed. Get up my Phone windows. The cans are on. The show. There's a man in there that'll give you $5 to sing into his can. Has begun. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I am good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well. Told you to come over at 10, push it back to 11. Worked out fine. Kristen and Fletcher came over last night. We watched silly videos and <laughs> fell asleep on the couch and mm, that's fun. woke up this morning, got some Burger King, Had watched some more stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. That's good. Um, uh, I enjoyed a few minutes of uh, watching uh, uh, AV Undercover. AV Undercover with you guys. Heard a? Can we talk about this? Sure. I heard a fantastic version of "Faithfully" by Journey that I've never heard before by a group called Clem Snide. For those who the uh, who may not know, AV Undercover was a series that was done on AV Club. AV Club was kind of like the real, the people from the Onion doing actual. TV and media uh, write-ups and reviews and stuff. And they did a bunch of stuff for music and had this series where they would pick, we'd put together a list of 20 something songs and they'd have bands come in and pick a song. And once that song was picked, they'd cross it off the list. And I mean, some of the bands were bands you hardly knew and some bands were huge. And we watched for about an hour. We watched av undercover videos and if you search on youtube you'll find either a song you know or a band you know so you can kind of go at it from two ways mm -hmm. sometimes you're looking up sebado doing limelight and it's not good it's terrible and then you find faithfully by a uh, journey being done by eve barzillay of clem's Night, and it's the most moving thing you've heard uh, in a long time and also um and uh, I, I will not discount that ben folds version uh, of um, say yes oh my god yeah yeah that's I, I can't talk about that too much yeah it's that good it's that it's, powerful it's beautiful yeah for sure but, uh, the, but that, ben folds is such a talented guy yeah he is there's something about that guy's voice that makes you want to just grab your heart and hug it mm. it's uh it's very very emotional uh can't you know don't want to think about it too much uh especially it being elliot smith and those lyrics man they're just so yeah they cut deep but that faithfully is man i loved that i want to hear it again when I'm, i thought you would because yeah. uh seth is a bit of a uke player that, and yeah. um i could figure that out how he does that that's not terribly difficult i'm sure yeah I'm sure it's, it's great it's really good couple things I want to kind of talk about here at the beginning. Please. Thing number one, we have moved to number 236 in the Russia uh, music commentary under Apple Podcasts. 
So thank you. Is that up or down? I can't remember. Okay. It looks like it might have been stagnant, but uh, <laughs> I mean, 236, there's got to be at least 250 episodes about music uh, commentary. To know that there's an entirely isolated nation a la North Korea as uh, as Russia has dug itself into in the past two years via the war in Ukraine, to know that there's a group of isolated individuals that are, that are searching for our voices is somewhat comforting. Yeah. Is somewhat uh, inspiring. So here's the other thing I want to mention is that, you know, I, I'll be the first to say I know that I slash we are not good at promoting this podcast. We not at all. We come here. We we do it. I realize that most people that listen to this are either people that I know or people that used to live listen to the No Nonsense Trivia podcast. Big rip. Um, so, you know, I am appreciative of anybody who listens. We are very, very terrible about pushing ourselves or, you know, pushing it around. I think maybe I like posted about it in like one Reddit group once. Um, and it's not fair for us to tell you guys, like you tell people, um, though, you know, we always tell you if you know some people who like music and lyrics, tell two friends. Yeah. I happen to look at the lyrics to go Apple podcasts. You want the good news or the bad news? Give me the bad news. The bad news is we only have 10 reviews. Wait a minute. We have reviews. We have 10 of them. Oh my God. I had no idea. So, so this, it can't be anything but good news at this point. Even if they're bad we ha- reviews, we have five stars. All of them. All of them. <gasps> You've got to be kidding me. Where do I see this? This is totally news to me. The newest, uh, if I'm reading this right, and I might not be, uh, the newest review that we have was in 2022. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, we do have someone that found us through profiles in, in extra uh, profiles in <laughs> eccentricity. Thank you, John. Hung out with John last night. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, he's funny as hell. Yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess what I'm saying is. If you're listening to this and you can review us on Apple, I know that it tends to be very helpful. Um, and if you feel like giving us a review, we would appreciate it. Uh, you don't have to. And I'm not telling you to rate us five stars only, please. Um, you can rate us whatever you see fit. I mean, five stars are appreciated. Absolutely. So where do you find these reviews? I'm, I'm sitting just here. typed in lyrics to go podcast and then Apple. Uh, well, you're looking, oh, yeah, you're looking Apple. at Spotify. I'm looking at Spotify. Well, I mean, I just Googled it. Okay. So anyway, all that is to say, if it's not too much trouble, please go do that. That that warms my cockles, I have to say. Good. And I've found out personally that there are people out there that I didn't know that were listening last night, a la people that came to a little neighborhood party. Um, and uh, they said things, they didn't tell me, oh, we're listening to your show, but they said things that I said on the show that, that I wouldn't, you know, they, uh, I wouldn't have known that they listened at all until they said those things, you know, and I knew that's where they had to have get them from. It was a couple people, and it, that's that's great. It codified, it, uh, exactly. codified exactly. lyrics to your language. But we're not here to talk about Apple reviews. I was glad to. We're not here to talk about AV Undercover. That was fun. We are here to talk about the hit song by America, A Horse With No Name. Not by the country, America. For those of you that don't know, there was this group in the early 70s called America. Mark's going to elucidate. Yeah. Uh, Well, so we did, uh, just in case you were, for whatever reason, just now listening to this episode and it's the first episode you ever listened to, um, we've had a little bit of string. We had a little string of doing Asia's Heat of the Moment. 
and then doing Europe's The Final Countdown, and now doing America, A Horse With No Name, <coughs> just doing continents. Mm-hmm. Um, just why not? How I wish there was an Antarctica band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we could do Ice Ice Baby, I guess. Supposedly. Actually, we already did Ice Ice Baby. Hopefully, there, we, could be, we could do uh, Titus Antarcticus. <laughs> is that a band? No. no, I don't think so. Andronica. Oh, oh is that it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about our history um, with a song. So we started back at episode one. Oh, with the song. How do you feel? What, what do you know? What is your history? Let's start with you. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't have any uh, memory tied specifically to this song. There were some songs that would come on. My mom and dad were big classic rock listeners, as were most people my parents' age. Not mine. So when we got in the car, it was, you know, oldies 94.5, 95.3 around here. Um, and you know, we would listen to Grand Funk Railroad and whatever else came on and this song, you know, probably America's biggest hit. Yeah. Yeah. Horse with no name is, is definitely at the top. There's another one that's very big that I think is a better song. I walked in tonight and I told Mark, I almost want to evoke executive privilege. He wanted to call an audible folks. Yeah, I did. I wanted to go to sister golden hair, which I think is a much better song. However, the lyrics, I think, lend themselves much better to this podcast. Maybe we'll do it in the future. I'm not sure. But I think that they, I think it would have been, I think it would have been better. But um, we, we dedicate ourselves to what we talk about the previous week. We're going to stick with that unless something extremely unusual pops up. It might. But, uh, but I don't have very much of a history with America, the band, or these songs either. I heard them on the radio, immediately didn't like them. Later life, I uh, started to appreciate two things. I did like. Sister Golden Hair, even the lyrics to a degree, but uh, and I also started to appreciate their vocal ability. The harmonies are great. The harmonies are really yeah. good. Mister uh, Sister Golden Hair uh, always reminded me of Jackson Brown. Yeah, well, yeah, but and that's the problem with this band. Yeah, because this song reminds me a lot of Neil, Neil Young, Young. Uh, which they caught a lot of flack for, and um, and it's well deserved. On the way over here tonight, Mark, I looked over at my wife and said, she said, what song are you doing? I said, uh, look, on the way over here today. And I said, um, America, Horse With A No Name. And she goes, Horse With No Name. She goes, do I know it? And I went, la, da, 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 da. And she goes, oh, that Neil Young song. Uh, Oops. So uh, the flack is well-deserved. And they do speak on that. I looked up some... uh, some articles where he says, you know, I, I tried to, you know, I can't help that my voice is the way it is, so I actually tried to change it. Well, I don't think he changed it. He tried hard enough. <laughs> uh, so this song, let's kind of get into it a little bit more. We'll, we'll talk about the Neil Young thing here in a second. Uh, so this song uh, came out in 1972. Uh, it actually came out in 1971 in Europe and 1972 in the United States. Wow. Um, you know, ended up becoming a big hit. Uh, it was certified gold, uh, March 24th, 1972, and was added to the band's debut studio album, the eponymous America. America. And the band stayed active through the 2010s and still played the song. Um, the, uh, hubbub around the song's resemblance to Neil Young, Uh, The Wikipedia article says this aroused some controversy, for example, in its review of a horse with no name. Cashbox described America as Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young soundalikes. 
I know that virtually everyone on first hearing assumed it was Neil Bunnell said, who is, um, I think the principal songwriter on this. I never fully shied away from the fact that I was inspired by him. I think it's in the structure of the song as much as in the tone of his voice. It did hurt a little because we got some pretty bad backlash. I've always attributed it more to people protecting their own heroes more than attacking me. I, I think you'd be right on that. By coincidence, it was a horse with no name that replaced Neil Young's Heart of Gold at the number one spot on the U.S. pop chart. So how wild is that? Yeah, very. And <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's kind of sad as well in that this song is not nearly as good as Heart of Gold, which has oh, fantastic yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Um, and also, this reminds me of uh, Rain rain is a good thing replacing water <laughs> it's just like... yeah uh, the obvious is right out there I, I i one thing that i find very unusual about this is this is one of the very 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 few times that you hear an american and by american i mean united states of american citizen trying to emulate the the stylings of a canadian yeah. And that's very strange because it's normally the right the other way around, a la like the band. Okay, they're a Canadian mm. band except for Levon, and they tried to sound as much as they could like they were from Hooten and Hollering down in West Virginia. They were trying to make it sound like they all were Levon. <laughs> they really did. Levon, they totally tell us did. What to play? Uh, you know, Rush is thoroughly Canadian and you don't hear a lot of other bands out there trying to, you know, how how do I emulate the voice of Getty Lee? How did it get so high? I wonder if he speaks like an ordinary guy. I know him, and he does. And you're my but, fact checking cuz. But you don't, you know, you don't really hear a lot of other people. Also, if you're just going to relegate it to folk, going, oh, he did a fantastic job of bringing to life the tones of Gordon Lightfoot, or if it's a woman, you know, <laughs> oh, she did a great job of doing Anne Murray. It yeah. just doesn't happen. It's really unusual. Um, I do want to mention one other thing, according to an anecdote. Uh, so, uh, let me preface by saying. Seth believes that Sister Golden Hair is a better song to do for this podcast with bad lyrics, etc. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad song. I'm definitely down with putting on the list. This song, though, these <laughs> lyrics, I think, I think maybe you're having a little bit of. Well, uh, well, well, well they're these. Here's the reason. Here's the differentiate the, the difference. These are bad. These mm. are bad lyrics. They're not good. They're they're silly okay. and they're dumb. Whereas Sister Golden Hair. Tells a little bit of a story that you could cling to, but then by the end of it, you're going, why? You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. That, that's that's where I think it goes. There's a little more depth to it. Um, this is These are just, duh. According you know. to an anecdote, Randy Newman <laughs> this is dismissed great. a horse with no name as, quote, a song about a kid who thinks he's <laughs> taking acid. That's exactly what it is. Which is spot fucking on. I'm not a big Randy Newman guy. Oh, I love him. I, everyone I else love loves him. him. I think he's fine, but I think he writes the same song over and over again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he is he's a funny guy and he is spot fucking on with that. Uh, there's some other stuff here about the lyrics, but I think we should save that until we get into the uh, yeah, the pendulette stuff. We'll wait until after. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really also good. also very good. <laughs> uh, anything else we should get into before we get into these lyrics? Um, it's a song. It's bad. It came out in '72. We can plow right into them, in my opinion. All right, here we go. We get the first verse on the first part of the journey. I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There was sand and hills and rings. The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz and the sky with no clouds. The heat was hot and the ground was dry. 
but the air was full of sound. Brought to you by the Children's Television Workshop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. You know, but it's it's so it's so childish. Go ahead. You know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like one of the principal like no duh Captain Obvious things that people say is yeah, next up, water's wet. <laughs> I mean, that like, is so the fact that heat is hot is an actual sentence that comes out of this man's mouth is whoa. This sounds like you're picking up your kid from the airport as after they've, you know, been at camp for like two weeks and they get in the back. What was it like? Well, on the first part of the journey, and you're like, oh no. Uh oh. <laughs> Here we what go. have I done? And there's gonna be a lot of and thens, which I hear a lot from my kids, oh, to yeah. be honest with you. And I love my dad, child. Dad, 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 dad. And then <laughs> I had lunch. And then So I'll just go ahead and, and butt in with this now. Uh, this is again from the Wikipedia article. The song has received criticism for its lyrics, including the heat was hot. Well founded. And there were plants and birds and rocks and things. <laughs> and another line that we're going to get to here in a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then comes 12. <laughs> Pendulet <laughs> asked the band their ly- about their lyrics. There were plants and birds and rocks and things after a show in Atlantic City where America opened for Penn and Teller. That's the fucking, that sounds like hell. Yeah. According to July. <laughs> One of those levels. What show did you go to? Jesus Christ. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but America opened up for Penn and Teller. You're still like, alive? You're still alive? <laughs> you made it? Did they make you give your uh, give your shoelaces and belts before you committing Harry Carey at the foot of the stage? <laughs> According to Gillette, their explanation for the lyrics uh, was that they were intoxicated with cannabis while writing it. Mm. In a 2012 interview, Beckley disputed Gillette's story sta- saying, I don't think do was stoned so like the one guy is like oh it's like wrote those bad lyrics because i got high and his co-writer is like no he's, no, he's no, naturally no. that boring yeah, no, he's <laughs> these were just bad lyrics from the get from the jump you didn't have to go on tour with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean just talk about lazy lyric writing mm. i was looking at all the life and i mean there are plants and birds and rocks and things <laughs> Gets a lot of crap, but I mean the line it after should. it. There was sand and hills and rings. What now? What is he talking about? Onion rings? Is this Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> are, are we talking? Is he running, trying to collect? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the first thing I met was was a fly with a buzz. <laughs> you can just see Oscar the Grouch <laughs> discussing these with a four-year-old. Why you know? a fly with a buzz? Well, don't flies make a buzz? Oh. <coughs> and the sky with no clouds. Mm. That's the most normal sentence. The heat was hot. hot and the ground was dry. And the ground was dry. But the, air, but was the air was full of sound. Have you ever been to the desert? Um. Well, I've been to Las Vegas. Okay. Um, and I've been a little bit outside of the strip. There's going to be sounds there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I've been through Texas. Mm -hmm. Have I stopped and just been like, oh, I'm in the desert? No. Okay. Why would I? Fuck that I I, I will say that I, my father is from uh, Leveland, just, just to the west of Lubbock, home of Buddy Holly. And, uh, it is, and where he grew up was in the middle of nowhere on very, very flat earth, very flat ground. You can see for miles around and it's dead quiet. 
It's it's called the Llano Estacado, where he grew up. It's a, it's an area about the size of Indiana and Illinois put together that is completely flat and featureless. And okay. it's very, very quiet. Now, it's not necessarily the desert because now it's mostly cotton fields, but it is it is the West. Well, I guess that explains why they say, but the air was, the air was full of sound. Because I guess maybe it's supposed to be surprising that the air was full of sound. Maybe. maybe. I don't know why the air know. was full of sound. I don't think we ever really get that answer. I will say that in the genius annotation for the heat was hot, someone wrote, not to be confused with heat that isn't hot. Common mistake. It has 57 upvotes. Yeah. And four comments Finally where one said, somewhat witty. just remove it because that literally is obvious. It, it, here's the thing, Mark. This kind of reads like an extremely lazy and lame Horatio Alger type novel, go west kind of thing. You know, you start off in an area that's probably green and plants and birds and rocks and things. I'm guessing, I'm guessing, and then you head west to the desert where it's this is lizards and rocks and fucking and shit like that. A fly with a buzz. And a fly with a buzz, yeah. The fly um, doesn't have a buzz. The fly buzzes, buzzes around. Yeah. Unless it's drinking beer on the job. Um, I, I also want to say this sounds like maybe something you'd read on the screen for Oregon Trail. I never played that. Oh, yeah, I never did. Yeah, I never. That was a bit of an age discrepancy. A little there. late, late to the game. Yeah, <laughs> you played marbles. <laughs> <laughs> I played marbles too. back in my day. We were caught up in that tic tac toe thing. <laughs> we played throw ball, where we threw a ball at each other. No, I'm of the era of dodge the jart. Thank you. What it was a little different. The jarts. You don't know what jarts are. You don't know. It sounds like jorts. No, no jarts? jarts. They were the they were lawn darts. Oh, jarts. That's what they were called. Well, jarts sounds like a portmanteau. Is does it? It does it mean something? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But if let, here, I'm going to do it now. Google googling jarts. But that was my era where somebody at a toy company, somebody at Kenner or whoever fucking made these things, said, let's make quite literal medieval weapons and put them into the hands of children and see if they don't pierce their skulls. What could go wrong? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is literally something that you would throw at someone to kill them. Wow. And where does Jart come from? I'm going to look. Well, while he looks, here's the chorus. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name because there ain't no one for to give you no pain. La 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 Remember when we were walking around in the non-desert area of southwest Florida and there were all sorts of people for to give us pain and try and take make us not remember it? One of the main reasons I wanted to do this song because, so I'll be honest, I thought the lyric was, because there ain't no one for to give you no name. So I thought what they were saying is, you can't remember your name because there's no one to give you a name. And that made me very angry, of course, because he's rhyming name with name. But just the sentence structure of, because there ain't no one for... To give you no whatever. Well, that raises a question. The for to give you, which I think you might have heard in Victorian era poetry. Maybe we went for to find something. We went for to head out to the forest to hunt our dinner. 
or maybe even we went for to we went to the docks for to find a shipyard lady to plow yes. or something along those lines <laughs> in 1972 who's doing that man yeah the closest thing i can think of to sounding like that uh nearer in time is um like the the bad guys uh like go go for guy who would say hey boss you want i should end his life <laughs> Is a died in the wool doofus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You you want I should uh, take care of him? If ain't one for no to give you no pain. I think I heard it at the Libertyville Square in the Magic Kingdom. Come enjoy for to have a turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, it's I got did, Ren you know. Fair vibes. I mean, this whole song kind of does. Kind of. Um, oh, hold on. I found. Okay, oh yeah, so I found. Tell me about your jarts. jorts. J- my jarts. Or sorry, jarts. J- yeah, they're jean darts. Portman. <laughs> Portman. <laughs> Of Wrangler darts. <laughs> Portmanteau of javelin darts. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Um, How do we feel about this chorus? It's dumb. That's fucking sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I, like I said, what's the one redeeming quality is uh, they sing well. They harmonize well together. Yes. They, they sound do. They sound they good. But the, Absolutely. But, the, but the, I don't think we went over this. That opening guitar part is just mind-numbingly stupid. Yes. And and there's so many times you hear you and I have both looked at each other and said when you simplify it it makes it better. This is one of the cases where it just made it worse. The baseline is pretty good in it. Is it? I, I think so. I, it's okay. got like a do 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 boom. So, one thing I I would be remiss if I did not mention was how the song came to be and the fact that there seemed to be a couple different uh takes on it. Mhm. So the song was originally titled Desert Song, which Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like at least they didn't at least they, they didn't fucking fuck that up. Least, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least they didn't do that. Um so it says that it was wrote based on the desert scenery that uh Bonnell uh experienced when his dad was stationed at an Air Force base in Santa Barbara County, California. So it should come to be noted that these three met as they were all uh military brats. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. He mentioned, you know, it gets mentioned a couple times of him writing it about his own experience being in the desert. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the Wikipedia article. Jim Morrison did it better. And it says. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson did it better. It says the first two demos were recorded by Jeff Dexter and Dennis Elliott, which were intended to capture the the sensation of the hot, dry desert that had been depicted in a Salvador Dali painting and in a picture by M.C. Escher, Hmm. which featured a horse. Writer Dewey Bunnell also says he remembered his childhood travels through the Arizona and New Mexico desert when his family lived at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he explained that a horse with no name was a metaphor for a vehicle to get away from life's confusion into a quiet, peaceful place. Mm. Maybe it was describing the family's Ford Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also uh, should be mentioned that horse here, uh, this song was met with some criticism, and I believe even banned. Well-founded. Because, <laughs> not because the lyrics are so bad, but because a horse... Horse is a mm. is a another name for heroin. Heron. And the song does sound pretty druggy. It does. And there was a lot of drug culture going on 
which caused a little bit of uh, a little bit of kickback. It's funny because I don't really see them probably as the uh, overtly super druggy guys, even though that one explanation was given to Penn Jillette. However, who they overtook on the charts was expressly using heroin. Yeah, uh, Neil Young, banned by some U.S. radio stations, most notably WHB in Kansas City. Mm. So, <clears throat> on April fifth, nineteen eighty-seven, seven-year-old Michelle Snow was killed by a lawn dart thrown by one of her r- brother's playmates in the backyard of their Riverside, California home. When the dart penetrated her skull and caused massive brain trauma, these are the games I played, Mark. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. In 1970, when they came out, they had a safety warning on the box, preemptively telling you not to let your children play with them. Do not taunt happy fun ball. <laughs> and we played with them. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's a hard life, man. And, <laughs> and these three guys, they just made it worse. Yeah. They made it so much worse. So, yeah, I've been through the he- desert on a horse with no name. It felt a- good to be out of the rain. Okay. I don't know. In the desert, you can't remember your name because there ain't no one for to give you no pain. <laughs> so, apparently, you can't remember your name because no one is hurting you. Mm. Why? Why is that? This is comes from the brain of army brats, man. I don't know. Shit. I have. Because I can't tell if like the desert thing is supposed to be completely. If it's supposed to be solely. Is it devoid of people completely? Well, is it is it supposed to just be metaphorical or are we talking about an actual desert? Because, I mean, I know he's talking about remembering being in the desert. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell if he's just talking about an emotional desert. Um, You know, the song was written in England for what it's worth. And I remember reading something somewhere talking about how was released there first. That's very strange, Mark. Yeah, an America, a band called America. Things come out in England first. A little weird. Yeah, yeah. Written in England in a in a in a in a very very uh, wet environment. I mean, I don't know if you, you've been there, man. It rains every day in the British Isles. Yeah, yeah. It's very very strange. Uh, I, I, but the, I have spent time in areas that he's talking about in New Mexico. And I don't know, maybe it's the lack of water, maybe it's dehydration, and he could have said, you know, because of the lack of rain, because I was delusional from from no hydration, I'm experiencing kidney failure and my mind's fucked up and now I can't remember my name. I don't know why he would blame it on a lack of people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's strange. <clears throat> I agree. Because um... there ain't no one for to give you no pain. Man, as far as I can see, and as far as what I've understood, the desert can dole out pain much quicker than any people can. Yeah. You know. So then we get our second verse. After two days in the desert sun, my skin began to turn red. After three days in the desert fun, I was looking at a riverbed. And the story it told was of a river that flowed made me sad to think it was dead. <laughs> the thing, I think you heard me laugh right when you said desert, right, right when you quoted the lyrics, desert fun. Yes. <laughs> the desert fun. This song should be on here just for the words desert fun and the fact that they rhyme it with desert sun. After Come the, the fuck on. I've, the desert will make you turn red in about 20 minutes. The fact that he says after two days, my, my skin began to turn red, and then he's like, the third day was fun. 
Like, you would think that maybe they would swap those. Yeah. After two days of desert fun, then my skin began to turn red. After three days in the desert sun, I was looking at a riverbed because saying fun after you're talking about how you're you're already starting to get sunburned and you're you're looking at a riverbed and there's no water there and you're pretty upset um yeah it made me sad to think it was dead so red bed dead <laughs> and sun and fun this once again children's television workshop rhyming scheme so it definitely early is. beach boys it, it makes it this makes it just not it, it takes away some of the shock that it was written in England and that there is no real perspective on what goes on there with those last three lines, Mark. In that, I'm, what I mean by that is, I was looking at a riverbed and the story it told was of a river that flowed. So I was in New Mexico as a child with my father and we looked at what he described as a gulch. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like a little mini canyon that runs between two. It's By the way, I don't know if you've ever been out there but um, the, a lot of people say, oh, the desert is, is barren and dangerous and creepy. The desert in the United States, at least, is a pretty damn charming place. It's pretty amazing looking, really. Um, but there was this gulch, and we looked at it, and my father said, and it looked dry, and he said, every once in a while, it will rain here, and the water will come so quickly that it will look like when Moses put his arms back together and the waters all of a sudden run furiously from one direction south heading south and it will get completely full of water and the water will move very quickly and then it'll dry up and go away but it will come back it will happen again so i think that there's a lack of perspective on him writing in england about a dry riverbed not knowing that these things wind up filling up with water again from time to time Mm -hmm. yeah so <clears throat> huh. Just a bit of a unfunny explanation. I wonder what would happen. This is me not knowing anything about jack shit. I wonder what would happen if someone just went and dumped a bunch of water in the desert. I wonder if it would evaporate and cause like more rain in the desert and and make the desert be not desert anymore. I suppose it would have to do with volumes. If it was a lot, maybe. A lot of water. Yeah, just, just pull like a, a bunch of water from like uh, the uh, the ocean. That maybe. Pacific's big. Yeah. There's Again, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, so please don't be like Mark's an idiot. He knows. It does. He knows he's an have idiot. Have you felt that that dry heat out west? We have, of course, come from southwest Florida. Yeah. It's humid heat. So I always had an aversion. I don't like stuff on my lips. Uh-huh. Except, you know. Me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Seth's turgid member. Um, <laughs> turgid. I love that word. Me too. Um, I, uh, I've never, I don't like the feeling of lipstick on my lips. Chapstick, um, I'm guessing you don't Or like? chapstick. Okay. So for work, we went to, uh, as I mentioned before, we went to Las Vegas. You need it in the desert. We went to go Viva. Mm-hmm. And we went out there, and within fucking four hours, man, shit was no joke. I was like, get me some Burt's motherfucking bees. Mm-hmm. Find me all of, round up Burt's bees and have them sting my lips or whatever they need to do. And it's funny, man, when you, like, people get addicted to chapstick. It's crazy, and I've seen it. it's one of the reasons I don't use it. Need on a much. boat. Mm-hmm. They'll just like reapply every, and I'll do the same thing as soon as I feel like it's gone. It's been you know sapped up into my fucking dry ass lips. I'm putting more on, and you see some people just like reapplying constantly. Um, but yeah, that was me. I became one of those. I was just 
applying and reapplying. I know your aversion to sunscreen. <laughs> oh yeah, you should not have that here. But in the in the West, it I'll really do the is spray. The dry makes a difference. To the listeners, I can't stand. There's something about creamy textures. Period. I do not like. I do use a, a cream for my rosacea. I use a stuff called Metro Gel, and when I put it on, I literally put it on the tip of one finger, <laughs> and then like apply it uh, with just one finger. Are you a Metrojectual? <laughs> I am. Okay. And I I will see like when people like with both hands will just put a big old fucking wet ass puddle of of sunscreen. That's my British Isles ass. And Dude, then that's they what fucking do that thing where they rub their hands together and it's all. Uh, we get another chorus, which is the same thing. Yeah, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name. You're, you just cannot, no matter how hard you try. Why not? Because there's no one there to give you no pain. Okay. Lack of pain makes you lose your name or forget your name. Then we get a little instrumental break. Uh, this is where that... <laughs> All right. So guitar solos, Mark. Yeah. Sometimes you say Going to, to yourself, the guitar solo. once again, you say to yourself, oh, it, it, keep it nice and simple, and, it, and it's more. This is simple, and boy, is it less. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is so stupid. And, and what an awful guitar solo, man. What a, a completely terrible guitar solo. Yeah, and, you, and when you think folky, you think of like bluegrass guys that are accomplished as musicians. None of that here. Yeah, it's got some of that like playing one open string and another string. I wasn't going to mention it, but I guess now that we're talking about the guitar solo, I will. Of course, this article tells you that the song was written in E Dorian, which means <laughs> something to 1% of our listeners. Uh, and the per- the correct tuning for the guitar is D E D G B D, which is a strange open no, tuning. That is a Nick Drake tuning. Oh, okay. yeah, he, he, he played a lot of songs that and they, he played a lot of songs in that tuning and they're very good. Pink Moon is in that in that in that tuning. Um, so, yeah, they only use that tuning for this song also. Um, but see, yeah, they, they do this little solo thing and then um, we get the third verse. After nine days, I let the horse run free because the desert had turned to sea. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There was sand and hills and rings. The ocean is a desert with its life underground and a perfect disguise above. Under the city lies a heart made of ground, but the humans will give no love. It's really weird how verse two opens with the ascending count up of things about the desert and the days the days that follow like we get two days and then three days with the desert fun and then he goes and then we abandon that for a couple lines and then into verse three we go right back into oh now we're at nine what happened to the other five days man that's kind of strange five or six days yeah and then we completely abandon it for the rest of the song so this this uh this counting this this listing things off is really a big fail on this songwriter's part in my opinion yeah, we. I, I would. I would somewhere out there to be a fly on to be a fly with a buzz on a wall <laughs> to see what happens from day two and day three to day nine. Um, a lot of lost days there, like John Lennon's weekend. Yeah, I can't really tell. Is this guy just going insane? Well, I think that's. I think that's the overall theme. Is that you know the the desert's gonna make you go fucking nuts? Maybe. 
I mean, because, I, I mean, a lot of this shit's a little bit nonsensical. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of strange because a lot of people, you know, seem to have some kind of idea on what the song is about or at least be talking about, you know, like I said earlier, uh, a metaphor for a vehicle to get away from life's confusion into a quiet, peaceful place. Okay, great. Where is that? Where am I seeing that here? Mm. Because it seems like there is no peace. <laughs> I mean, he let the horse run free because the desert had turned to sea. Mm. Um, but he doesn't really say, he just says the ocean is a desert desert with its life underground. Which, I, is he talking about the desert, the ocean floor? I is he I, talking about the fact that the 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 world used to be covered in water? The ocean is not a desert. It's a horrible comparison. Because the ocean does have life underground. The desert, as far as I can tell, doesn't. I don't see I, I can't imagine. Maybe there is. I've seen nature documentaries where they talk about some some mice. Uh, that live underground in the desert and maybe a sidewinder snake will bury itself, you know, underneath. But it's not like they're at any real depth. It's not like you're going to find things at 4,000 feet down like you will in the ocean. There's still life down there. For the lines, the ocean is a desert with its life underground in a perfect disguise above. Genie Sanitation says this line about the ocean being a desert could perhaps be a reference to a line from the Jules Verne novel, 20,000 leagues under the sea. The sea is everything. It covers seven tenths of the terrestrial globe. Its breath is pure and healthy. It is an immense desert where man is never lonely for he feels life stirring on all sides. Well, I hate to break it to you, but you can't talk to fish. You can't fucking, I mean, you can try and fuck a fish, I guess. I don't know if I would say it's a good idea, but to just say that man is never lonely because there's life all around does not mean that you won't be lonely. One hundred percent. I mean, yeah, that's dumb as shit. People live in millions and around millions. I, I guarantee you will find maybe a million lonely people in New York City. Tell that to the guy mm. from uh, from uh, what's the movie with Wilson? And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. In in Castaway. He was on a Castaway. He was on an island with fish all around him and shit. Yeah. He ate those fish. He wasn't like, hey, let's hang out. Yeah. I'm glad I got you here. Now you I'm not get, lonely. You could get eaten by those fish. Sharks, God. you know? I mean, he didn't fuck Wilson, did he? No, I hope. God, please no, Mark. Let's not take it that level. I hope well, not. I mean, um, you know, I, 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 what we got to ask these questions. What is the perfect disguise above? He's obviously <sighs> talking about, you know, the, 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 the sky, the, the blue firmament that we see. See, this is. This is what I was saying that I think he's talking about it being the ocean ground, that the ocean is a desert with its life underground and a perfect disguise above the disguise being the water. Um, it's a stretch. I mean, look, it is. I trust me. I, it's hard for me to come up with a reason that this song is supposed to make sense. I had I had this vision of a top hat and a cape and a pair of glasses with a little mustache attached to him, like lowering down, you know, onto the guy so he could put him on. And ha ha! Now I'm in disguise. Never know who I am. Do you think that? What are the chances that horse dies? It's a hundred percent. If it's let free, well. It's it's not a hundred percent because maybe if it's been a domesticated horse that's used to having people bring it food, there are lots of feral ho- horses that roam the West, lots of them. Do you know that Florida used to have feral horses in it? 
It did not. Yeah, it did. There were lots of them. Well, <clears throat> I don't know how big the desert was here. It's probably pretty I just big. don't imagine there being a whole lot of food out in the desert where this guy is. There's not. There are, there, and I do know this, <clears throat> there are specific plants that if a horse, they don't know not to eat it, that it will tangle up in their stomach and kill them. Horse can move pretty quick, too. Horse can move very fast. Let's hope the horse makes it. There is something that I want to point out about this, and that's that we go, the desert had turned into the sea. I'm assuming by that, Mark, that he means he's reached California and he's now at the Pacific. Would you Would you come to that assumption? No. No, you wouldn't? Uh, I mean, I can see where you get that. Uh-huh. But the fact that um, well, if- I, I, I think he's just lost his mind. Uh, the fact is that it, the last two lines is the, under the cities lies a heart made of ground. Uh, that kind of says. So that's it's so of, fucking dumb. Yeah, it sucks. it sucks. Um, here is the genius annotation for that. The 1970s marked the beginning of a rise of consciousness about the environment at a broader scale, specifically events like the Apollo 8 mission where the first pictures of the Earth as a whole were published. Mm -hmm. Such pictures sparked criticism about how humans were treating the Earth, uh, which the song underscores by referring to a heart under the cities, thus personifying the planet and portraying it as an almost living being that deserves love rather than an object that can be freely exploited. Maybe if he had just said that a little better. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's I mean, even what he means. He could even yeah. he could use that line under the cities makes makes lies a heart made of ground. He could use that with another line that gives some indication that he's talking about the health of the earth, you know, and that there's a heart beating underneath of what we live on top of, and that we should take care of it. But this just leaves you to just wonder. A heart made of ground, and but that those words they're, they're bad. They're not good. But the humans will give no love. And, and I don't think that clears it up at all. Nope. No. I, and, you know, he tried to be a little slick with the uh, repeating of there were plants and birds and rocks and things. It's not slick. There was sand and hills and rings. No. The laziest lines he wrote. He's like, I'm going to sneak these back in. And it's like, who cares? Those lines suck. I'm thinking I'll just jot these down and we can get to the pub here in England. What are you doing? Yeah. Then we get another chorus and we get a bunch of la la la's. Yeah. La, um, la, 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 yeah. la, 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 I mean, catchy. La. I don't hate this song. I don't hate it. I don't like it, though. Um, two, so we were talking, uh, Fletcher and Kristen, mm-hmm. friends of the podcast, were here um, right before we started recording, and we were referencing um, a TV show called Breaking Bad. This oh. song was used in an episode of Breaking Bad. Was it really? Called Caballo Sin Nobre. Spanish for horse with no, no name. name. Yeah. At the beginning of the, uh, this episode, the main character, Walter White, sings along to the song on his car radio. And then at the That's end, right. he sings it again. He does. Yeah. The Loud Family, a uh, band from San Francisco, okay. named their first album Plants and Birds and Rocks and Things <laughs> after this. Um, in 2017, speaking of TV shows I love, Michelle Branch and Patrick Carney, who married two oh. years later, recorded a horse with no name cover for the Netflix series BoJack Horseman. I've never seen it. It I've heard nothing but good things about incredible. it. Incredible. I need to. It took me a long time. It took me I, I it took me five or six times watching the first episode mm-hmm. and balking every time. And Michelle Branch is great. And yeah. 
one of the other main voice actors on it. Who? Aaron Paul. That's right. Yeah, I, I need to... So little, that uh, succession still... I, the other night I was sitting there in bed, Mark, thinking of you, as I often do, and I look up and I see uh, succession as I'm scrolling through. I'm like, this is when I need to, and I moved on to a documentary. And I was like, oh, shit. What'd you watch? Love Always Wins. Oh. Yeah. Very crazy. <laughs> I a will, nut job. Man. I will talk real quick. I will say that I did... Um, so... I watched this. Inc- I don't know if I talked about this yet. This incredible countdown. My friend Mike Johnston. Did I mention this? No. My friend Mike Johnston got me on these movie countdowns. If you are a movie buff, there's a guy named David Ehrlich, E H R L I C H, and he does a top ten or top twenty five countdown every year. Um, and holy shit, it's so fucking good. And it alerts me to a bunch of movies I had never heard of. He does kind of like a prologue where he goes through a bunch of movies, whether he puts them in the top 25 or not, and does really outrageous editing where, like, you know, he combines a bunch of themes for movies like Rain or Kissing or Dancing or whatever and, like, kind of interplays and intercuts them. Then he does his countdown, and the countdown kind of has, like, without any words usually, like a, like a super trailer for each movie. And I mean, he does movies from all over the world and they are very, very, very good. And it got me, uh, I I've watched every year from 2011 to 2024. Mm -hmm. Um, they've gotten better as time goes on, but it did alert me to a great documentary called all light everywhere, Mm. which is about basically, uh, it's very philosophical and it is largely about, police cameras body cameras holy shit and relating it to um point of view and blind spots in our own point of view and uh it's very very good very heady where can this but be very seen? good i think i watched i think i rented it on amazon for like two dollars okay uh and it's worth it it's, so what was the one that you told me to go see at amc Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall. Which is and a French movie. It's not out. And I watched the trailer for it, and now I'm going to be seeing that. Well, now. that you can rent somewhere. Okay. That is available for rent, and I do strongly suggest that. Right. And it does have a very killer um, all um, steel drum band version of Pimp uh-huh. by uh, by 50 Cent. So um, that is like, that's, that's at the top of the list. That's going to be one. When I watched the trailer... I was like, this is right up my alley. This is what I need to see. I also need to see Poor Things. Yeah. That's, those are the two. Bunch of other TV shows and movies use this song, including Parks and Recreation, The Simpsons, and Six Feet Under. Yes. Another great TV show. Yep. And movies, Air America, Hideous Kinky, which I've never heard of, The Trip, and American Hustle, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I was also on a Friends episode called The One with Joey's Big Break. Uh, yeah. Oh, and only three musicians really, uh, from the band on this one playing six string, one playing 12 string and one playing bass. And then there were some session musicians playing bongos and stuff. Hmm. Uh, I don't hate bongos. No, no, love a bongo. Um, how would you rate this for creep? Creep and creepy. How is it? How creepy? How creepy is this? How creepy? It how is. is we talk about it with Oscar the Gouch? Um, <laughs> Zero point one. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing <clears throat> creepy about it at all. It's just it's a head scratcher, Mark. Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to count horse abuse, but I mean, he just <laughs> let it go. I mean, yeah, to a to a certain degree that that might be construed as good. I mean, get it away. Yeah, you know, I mean, let it get away from this nut job. 
It's not creepy at all, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this band supported the Everly Brothers. Now, that's very strange because the Everly Brothers, they did write. Mark, have you ever heard songs our daddy taught us, our father taught us? Have you ever heard that? <laughs> no, I have not. Dude, it is that. That's the Everly Brothers. Came out in like 58 or 59. Most of those are their songs, and they are lyrically incredible. And on top of that, their harmonies are the real fucking deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Good stuff. Th- yeah, great, great stuff. I can't recognize that or, or uh, recommend that uh, recognize. Recommend that, that album enough. When Song Facts spoke with Jerry Buckley in 2016, he said, I'm always asked, what's your favorite song? And I usually default to Horse because the song itself represents the start of the journey, you know, on the first part of the journey. It actually says it in the song. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it's been. It's been an unbelievable journey. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's wonderful. Uh, I'm glad they got so much out of this. Yeah, I'll give really? it a 0.1 also. Yeah. Uh, very low. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of meat there to chew in the creep world. Um, it's just like, a, like, like Randy Newman said, it's basically a kid who thinks they took acid. Mm. Boring. Next up, um, we're going to we're going to kind of abandon uh, as much as we really can. Um, we're going to sort of abandon the uh, the theme that we've had running here with the continents, uh, but we're going to try and we're 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 letting our group loose. Um, we're going to do the song "Land Down Under" by Men at Work. Mark, yeah, I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. <laughs> So no, she, we can't. You know no, the reason. Stop. You know the <laughs> reason that we were nervous. You know the reason, because uh, in 1988, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission introduced an outright ban on lawn darts. In the previous eight years, 6,100 Americans had visited the hospital emergency rooms as a result of lawn dart accident. Of that, 81% were 15 or younger, and over half under 10. Jesus During the week Christ. when the commission, commission voted to ban the product, an 11-year-old girl was hit by a lawn dart and fell into a coma in which she died. In 97, CSPC issued a reminder after a ban of a 7-year-old in Elkhart, Indiana, was injured by a lawn dart in a, in a set which had pierced his skull, and his parents remind you. had warned him to dispose of the old set. He discovered them in a box. Mark, this is what I grew up with. Along and I love with that the I can sounds of, of 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 America. The fact that I can see on your phone a picture that says jarts. <laughs> Everybody, I just want to let you know: lyrics to go strongly <laughs> advises all of you to throw away your jarts. If you have any jarts, if you have children, especially kids, please do it. Please do a jart check. If you if you discover a box in the attic from the 80s and you go looking through it and you find these little pointy uh, darts that are are somewhat heavy, Javelin esque darts, just do us a favor and just take them right to your parents and say, what did the Consumer Product Safety Commission say about these mom and dad? Can you look it up for me? Yeah. Because I'm sure they are not safe, and they are not. Seth, a pleasure as always. This Anything you want to say before one. we uh, wrap up here? Yeah, thank you so much. I am going to read a couple. I'm going to read a couple reviews with you. I didn't know anything about that. Thank God for pointing that out. That'll kind of make my that'll make my weekend a lot better. Um, well, had a trying week, but uh, everything's going good now, and uh, I'm so glad that I was able to come in here and do this with you today. Thank you for for giving me that opportunity week after week. What a fantastic time. And listeners, thanks to, thanks to you. Um, like I mentioned before, if you have it in you to give us a rating, 
uh, through Apple, we would appreciate it. Uh, it does help. Uh, maybe maybe this year we'll actually try and be a little bit better about pushing uh, the podcast. Uh, we'll see. If you want to write us an email, you can go to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. And True. those are really the best. We love those. And I get them. I get a notification on my phone right away. So if you send it, chances are I'm going to see it pretty quickly. And it will. the information will go to Mark. He gets them as well. Um, and we will discuss your recommendations for songs in the future. There's tons out there, people. You got to let us know about more that we don't know about. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Go ahead and make sure you listen to uh, Land Down Under by Men at Work in preparation for next Monday's lyrics to go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week.